With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Breaks a tackle. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we are talking about another list. It is still list season. This is a pretty fun list. Um, the bad news is it's only half of a list. Uh, what it is is, so basically like CBS Sports, they took, uh, they basically create a panel of CBS Sports writers, of 24-7 sports writers, and had them all rank the power five head coaches from one to 65. And then they, you know, like averaged everything out, put together the rankings. And so we're going to run through those, except like I said, it's only half a list. And the the reason is they did like, I can't remember what it is. It's like 33 to 65 is the first part. And then they're going to drop part two. And we'll probably talk about that when it comes out um, as well. I don't, I don't personally, like the part one part two thing but at the same time you know if it's not like they have uh subscriptions like it's free to read for anybody and so when you need the clicks to sell ads or get the money for ads it makes sense to to split it up and get double the money but yeah so that's the plan for today uh some other news things that happened across the pack 12 um we're gonna touch on that stuff first and, uh, oh, other thing, there was no podcast yesterday. There will be a makeup podcast at some point this week. Um, maybe this weekend, maybe we'll double up one of these days. I'm not really sure, but, uh, we went out to flying horse yesterday, which is an awesome golf course, um, North of Colorado Springs. It was me and Ryan with the DMVR golf guys. And it was, it was so cool. It was so cool. And I thought that in the morning I had planned enough time 
to record a podcast and also do my taxes. But it turns out doing your taxes takes, I, I don't even know how long it took, but it was a lot longer than the 10 minutes I expected. Um, so that was my bad. And then, of course, had to go down to the DMVR bar for uh, the Avs game, which was awesome. Um, and I'm not going to be at the bar. I, I'm going, I'm actually going to the game tomorrow. Pretty excited about that. But if you guys ever want to hang out, I will be at that bar basically every night for these playoffs, Avs and Nuggets. If I'm not at the arena, I will be at the bar. Um, also heard from, heard from a a bus fan today. Um, a podcast listener that he's going to be out there. I guess he didn't say which day, hopefully not tomorrow because I'm not going to be there. Good thing is I'm sure he's going to be back. Um, seriously, that place was a party. As you can tell, my voice not totally recovered and I've got a little over what, 24 hours to get this back in shape for tomorrow. But, um, yeah. Oh, also with the golf stuff, I should plug this too. Um, so there is a DNVR golf league and the way it works is it's basically like, it's no teams, just individuals. You sign up and, uh, it's like eight weeks and every Monday or Tuesday, uh, we, we golf and there's a bunch of different courses we're going to. I think they're they're like cool ones though. I'm excited. Um, uh, I think, uh, like, like, uh, fossil trace. I'm not sure if you guys played there. That's where we played the odd cast cup last year, me and Ryan against, um, Vic Lombardi and Mark Mosier from altitude. Um, that was a lot of fun. And I think typically that course costs like three digits, which is kind of a lot. And so, you know, when you look through like the different options for the golf league, it kind of depends on what membership you currently have, or if you don't have a membership, I think if you don't have a membership, it winds up being like a little over $400, but you get, you know, all sorts of stuff like eight rounds of golf, including some really cool courses. Some of them come with some free drinks. You get, uh, you get a free polo, um, a, a nice polo, not just some cheap little polo, but a cool DMVR polo. Um, and, and other stuff too. So definitely look into that. Um, because I am very excited. I am very excited. Like I said, we went out and played flying horse yesterday. I, uh, I embarrassed myself a little. My thing is like, I, I'm, I'm kind of a lightweight when it comes to the alcohol. And so when you get a margarita at the turn, all of a sudden the back nine, you know, remembering all the different shots you hit becomes a little difficult but you know that's my own personal struggle on the golf course uh seriously it's gonna be a lot of fun this summer and hopefully you guys come and play um oh yeah before we get into some of the news and stuff and we'll start there um want to say a couple more things about the colorado xos the presenting sponsor of this podcast um colorado xos they're a rugby team uh, they're in their first year. Most of their players are in their first year. Uh, they, they've been playing like football or soccer or whatever, and now they have switched over to rugby. Uh, they train at the same place as the U.S. national teams. The idea is to take these athletes, develop them as rugby players to the point where they're ready to compete with the U.S. national team. Cool thing going on. Uh, you can follow along with DNVR Rugby on Twitter, the DNVR Rugby podcast. Uh, so, so definitely check that stuff out. Okay. So, um, like I said, some news to start things off. Um, first of all, the the Pac-12 passed uh, the basically like an intra-conference transfer rule. Basically, means that 
student athletes no longer have to sit out when they transfer from one school to the other. Now, you might be thinking, didn't the NCAA just do this like a month or two ago? Yes, the NCAA did. But all the different conferences also have whatever policies in place. And basically all the conferences have gotten rid of this interconference transfer rule. Um, so, again, it, it doesn't... It, I don't have much to say about it. You know, there isn't much to say. But basically that was kind of the last little hurdle when it comes to student-athletes transferring. Now, of course, there still is the NCAA rule that if you transfer a second time, then you still do have to sit out. Um, but at this point, Pac-12 schools and most schools in the country, first-time transfers are just across the board free, no sitting out, nothing. You just get to go to school and play football like they want to do. Um, so that's the first little bit of news. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how this got in the news section, but uh, there was a there was a tweet today. Um, oh my goodness! And it, it was somebody from the recruiting staff, and I should know who Kelly Kelly on the recruiting staff. I think um, she tweeted out pictures. Apparently, there was like a noon ball game. A bunch of like the football staff plays basketball at noon. Um, today they all dressed up in like their NBA like arriving to the arena gear. It, it was pretty good. It was, I mean, that, those guys actually kind of rocked it. It was surprising. You don't expect that to go well. But even, like, the pictures were taken well. Very well done. I was, I I enjoyed that. Um, also reminds me of the video with the hair. There was, like, a, a the, the Buffs Twitter account, the football Twitter account, put out a video. It was last week, four or five days ago. Um, and... Basically just asked a whole bunch of guys on the team who has the best hair. Uh, the options wound up being Brady Russell, of course, uh, John Van Deest, of course, uh, I Isaiah Lewis, of course, and Jeremiah Doss. Um, again, of course. it's uh, It wound up being really close. Jeremiah Doss won 41, 39% for Brady Russell. Um, yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun too. Also, just checking now, in that poll, 406 votes. 406 is the Montana area code. I don't know. Seems like a, a sign. I'm not sure. That was dumb. Um, getting back into the real news, though, uh, Stanford. Stanford had said that they are going to cut 11 Olympic sports, things like rowing and 10 others. And today they said, actually, no, that's not going to happen. And then the original news came out like six months ago. It might have even been before the school year started. Um, but that is huge news, obviously, because Stanford competes at the highest level in a lot of those sorts of sports. Um, I, You know, at this point, the new administration is like in the Pac-12 has been pretty clear what the focus is and that is fixing football and men's basketball. I totally agree that that's where the priority should be. At the same time, again, this is part of what makes the Pac-12 the Pac-12. You know that they ha they've won the most national championships every year for like 20 years and in part because of the 11 teams that Stanford was probably going to cut. Um so that's obviously a big thing for the Pac-12 now obviously like when 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 people on the east coast say like what's the Pac-12 about like 
you don't want them to say they're really good at rowing. You know, the Olympic sports are killer. You know, and you do want that, though. It's just that you want football and basketball to, to kind of be at the forefront of people's minds because that's where the money comes from. And if things are going well in those sports, it's good for everybody. At the same time, though, there's there's room to be good at a bunch of different things. And to be the best conference, the conference of champions, you know, you've got to uh, you've got to be well-rounded and losing those teams. You know, it it would have it would have hurt the Pac-12's chances of holding on to those, you know, national championship titles, all that all that kind of stuff, Um, because that really is a unique piece of the Pac-12. Just not sure that the unique piece needs to be the majority of the identity, you know? Um, again, though, just super cool that they're going to be able to keep that stuff around, you know, fencing and stuff, because like as much as you can joke about like everybody at Stanford doing like the, the rowing and the fencing and whatever without Stanford and some of those other schools, like those sports just could die, you know, like there, there isn't a whole lot that's, that's keeping them going. You know, you've got the Olympics, you've got. And you've got Stanford, and I'm not sure there's too much else. Um, again, just good news. It's good news. And uh, George Klyovkov, the new Pac-12 commissioner, or I guess he isn't officially. He will be on uh, June 1st, July 1st. July 1st is his first day. Um, he He's tweeted, like, best news all day or something like that. So I don't know that we care too much they tweeted that. But he did. Um that's all the little news stuff that I want to get caught up on. Um, so before we get into this list of the top 60 or well, I mean the ranking of the 65 power five coaches, except for not the top 30 something, we got to hit a quick ad break. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk about these coaches. Cause I mean, there's, there's one thing in particular that you, you look at and you just can't stop looking at, you know, like, just a couple of names on there. Just look back and forth and back and forth. Uh, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, first, though, DMVR. Like I said, there's a whole bunch of cool stuff going on. Uh, that that golf league is one of them. Um, seriously, you guys should definitely jump in. If you know, I get like Mondays and Tuesdays. Those are not necessarily like the days that most people have wide open. That's fair. If you do, though, like, I really don't think that there's many better ways to spend that time. Um, yeah. Also, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on right now. Um, playoffs for the Nuggets and Avs. Like I said, I'm going to be at that bar basically every night. And I could not be more excited. Uh, not only does DMVR have the most in-depth coverage for your Avs and Nugs during the playoffs, there are so many perks becoming a DMVR member. We just keep adding in those perks as time goes on. Uh, like I said, the Golf League. Um, get extra raffle tickets at all the watch parties and win free stuff um, when, when you do come down to watch games at the DMVR bar. Uh, seriously, if you haven't been, honestly, no. I, I'm not going to say it's better than being in the arena. But the fact that the arena is still, like, socially distanced and limited capacity, it changes the environment there a little bit, and it it does close the gap. I will say that for sure. You know, we just got rid of, like, the COVID restrictions for people who are vaccinated. 
it uh it was so nice last night just going and high-fiving strangers and you know dude what sports are about what sports are about it's all about community and it's just a whole bunch of Avs fans on Saturday at 8 30 it's gonna be Nuggets fans ah, just just the best place to be um except for maybe the arena I'm, I'm like I said I'm gonna be there tomorrow I'll let you know um if you are like a member you get like a big beer for the size of a small beer at the DMVR bar so check that out for sure um and yeah come hang out with us and get be a member um also breckenridge brewery um i don't actually know if we have the seltzers available at the dmvr bar and i don't even think i'm supposed to say this but i i think that they might be coming if they uh, aren't there yet uh they, they are good seltzers though i didn't get a chance to try the lemonade ones yet I thought that maybe yesterday I could. Turns out that was more of like a beer night. Um, so I can tell you that the, the the first 15 pack they put out was really, really, really good. Um, and that I have really high hopes for the lemonade seltzers. First of all, because like it, it's lemonade and that sounds incredible. It's, ooh, lemonade, a top three drink. I think it might be. It's just so versatile. And, and, like, obviously, like, in the summer, lemonade is the best drink. Yeah, I mean, it is. But then the rest of the year, it just kind of makes you think of the summer in a way that I enjoy. So, yeah, uh, lemonade, very good. Also, I've heard that they're really good, uh, the seltzer version. So, check that all out. Um, also, there's, there's a bunch of cool stuff they've got going on. Um, if you buy their beers, their seltzers from Breckenridge Brewery, um, they're giving 1% of all their profits this summer to the National Parks Conservation Association. That's a really cool thing. Um, they're doing some giveaways like a $30,000 Escapod trailer if you head to their website and enter to win. That's breckbrew.com slash ingoodco, I-N-G-O-O-D-C-O. And again, it's, it's free to enter. You just see if you can get the $30,000 Escapod trailer. I mean... Why not? Why wouldn't you get on and do that? Um, also, the farmhouse down in Littleton, it's awesome. It's open, socially distanced. Uh, they have an awesome setup for outside dining. Uh, hopefully it stops raining, please. Oh, my goodness. The, oh, so yesterday when we were leaving the golf course, I was driving with Ryan, and I was driving um, my windshield wiper. My left windshield wiper just wouldn't go. And it was raining, and that was uh, Ryan had no faith in me. It was kind of crazy, but yeah. Um, hopefully, it stops raining. Get down to the farmhouse of Breckenridge Brewery. Go sit on the patio. It's cool stuff. Um, and seriously, just really good food. Uh, if you use the code DMVR, you could save five dollars on your online orders, or uh, also your like over the phone orders. So do that. Want to give a shout out to our friends over at Solace Meds as well. Um, Solace Meds, they are a a local business. They've got locations all over Colorado, um, and they, they have some awesome deals. So they're a, a premier dispensary 
um, then they've got smoking hot deals to offer. Uh, like I said, locations all over Colorado, uh, one in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, uh, one off of Broadway, and one that's just a few blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. So if you're coming down, I don't know, maybe you combine those two activities, you know, could be a good time. Uh, Solace has been, uh, has some banging deals this month. Uh, here's a few to look forward to, um, starting with the ones that have not already passed Memorial day. You can buy three, get one free in the entire store. That's basically like 25% off. Not that you guys come to me for your math needs, but you know, there you go. Uh, on top of that, 20% off all glacier concentrates, 20% off mile high extractions, um, 20% off CBN gummies, two for $25, uh, koala and solace, hundred milligram bars, 15% off any three grams of connoisseur concentrates. Remember all of these amazing deals you can take advantage of and get the additional 20% off your entire purchase when you use the code DMVR20 at checkout. So you go in there, you, you take advantage of those deals and then use the code DMVR20. You can like order ahead online. It makes it all super convenient. Um, yeah, pick it up at your convenience. Uh, all you gotta do, go to solacemeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com, and you purchase from there. Um, and again, use that code DMVR20. Even if you're using other deals, that'll take another 20% off your entire purchase. Uh, there's no better way to, the, to support us at DMVR than to support our partners. So get online, purchase, or head to one of their four locations and get the best customer service and 20% off your purchase. Oh, wow. I just realized you can use that code to get 20% off every single time. And I love that. Like typically when there's like codes for things, it's like your, your first order. You're like, okay, well, this is nice, but should I not use it because I'm going to have a bigger order in the future? No, now you don't have to worry about it. Oh, wow. Uh, back into football though. Just realizing how long we spent talking about things that aren't football. Um, this list, and, uh, you know, we'll do it the, the dramatic way. So what is this? This is 65 through 26. Uh, it came out today. It doesn't say when we're going to get the top 25, but, oh, wait. Oh, yes, it does. It's tomorrow. So tomorrow we'll probably talk about that. Um, here's this list, though. Uh, we're, we're not going to obviously, like, bring up everybody. There's some names that are interesting to me, though, um, and things like number 65, last place, how can you skip over Shane Beamer from South Carolina? Uh, just something put in your head. At number 64, we finally get to the Pac-12. What a long wait in the list of uh, worst to best coaches in Power 5 football. Um, the second worst in all of Power 5, Jed Fish at Arizona. Um, it says here, Fish has never been the head coach at any previous stops, but he does have experience as an offensive coordinator at both the college and NFL levels. That gives him a bit of a bump against Beamer. So there you go. Um, 63, Vanderbilt with Clark Lee. That's an interesting one. The, the former Notre Dame defensive coordinator. I personally was really excited about him, and now I'm, I'm a little surprised to see him this low on the list. Um, Dave Aranda. Uh, is at Baylor at 62. I feel similar there. You know, it. he he actually was in the same spot last year, his first year, a former coordinator at LSU. I don't know. Another one that you think is better, or I would have thought is better. Um, 
58, we've got our next Pac-12 coach, Nick Rolovich. Um, here's what it says. From Washington State, not sure if I said that. Uh, honestly, what was there to evaluate? Rolovich's first season at Washington State consisted of only four games, and he went one and three. Rolovich probably dropped eight spots in the rankings due to being forgotten more than anything else. So he did drop from 50 to 58. I don't know. Um, I, I didn't look at that team and say, oh, that that's worse than I expected. But whatever. Um, <laughs> here's what's so fun about doing this today. At number 57, our old friend who came in at number 55 last year, apparently getting blown out as often as he got blown out last year, was worth knocking him down from 55 to 57. Mel Tucker of Michigan State. Just just, just let that sink in a little bit. You know, Mel Tucker, 57. Um, let's not read about it. We've talked enough about it. We know why he's seen that way. And we can move along to um, our third Pac-12 coach um, in the bottom 10. That is Oregon State's Jonathan Smith. Um, here's what it says. I'm going, to pin, uh, I'm going to pin Smith's drop on the absence of Barton Simmons as a voter. Simmons was always a Smith booster. Like Rolovich and the rest of the Pac-12, Smith didn't give us much of anything to work with last season. The Beavers followed up a promising 5-7 and seven season in 2019 with a 2-5 and five campaign last year. The 2021 season should give us all a better idea of what to expect going forward. And that says, yeah, he was 52 before, 56 this year. Next up, two spots later, this is what? The fourth Pac-12 coach in the bottom 12, Carl Durrell, Colorado. Um, it feels like the voters wanted to reward Durrell for an excellent first season in Boulder, but they didn't want to get too carried away. As a result, Durrell climbs 10 spots after shocking the world with a 4-2 year, but he's still solidly in the mid-50s. Durrell's career seems to be one of the coaching teams with a high floor but limited ceiling. That was a weird coaching teams, huh? Um, should he continue that at Colorado, he'll likely have a similar performance in these rankings. Uh, jumped from 64 to 54. That's interesting. And I, I just, why doesn't Carl Durrell have a high ceiling? Like that's, that's kind of my question. Why doesn't Carl Durrell have a high ceiling? I, I mean, and also the high floor thing, I'm, I'm not so sure that I, I, it, all of these, whenever you're trying to sum up a coach in three or four sentences, it's going to be an oversimplification. But, you know, the the high the, the low ceiling thing just doesn't make sense to me. Is is that like a recruiting thing? They don't think that he can ever bring in the talent to be a, a national contender. I is it just because he's quiet and, or is it just because he he hasn't you know, won too much before. I mean, he made it to a Rose Bowl back at, did he, I think he might've won a Rose Bowl. He, he made it to a Rose Bowl um, with UCLA, made a bowl game every year he was there. He's never missed a bowl game. I guess that could say he has a high floor. Sure. I, I mean, it, it seems like a small sample size even to say that, but the low ceiling thing, I mean, I honestly, to me, it just kind of feels a little bit lazy. Um, and again, it, it, pretty much anything you read, three or four sentences about a guy is going to feel a little bit lazy but like what did you want and i guess five and one is better but yeah i 
I, I honestly can't argue too much with the spot because he is fairly unproven. Um, when you look, I mean, well, maybe we'll talk about it when we get to some of these guys. You know, Jimmy Lake is the next Pac-12 coach at 51. I remember Carl Durrell at 54. Jimmy Lake of Washington says, I, I think Lake's first season at Washington showed promise as the Huskies went 3-1 and one and won the Pac-12 North despite not being able to play for the Pac-12 championship. It didn't take long for Lake to establish his personality and identity on the program. And see, that's another one where it's like, okay, why is he in front of Carl Durrell? Because if you just look at the two rosters that they had, I think that if you look at what Carl Durrell did, arguably more impressive. And I think that he he does kind of get put in a box because he's older. You know, he's not like Jimmy Lake, who's... I, he's He's got to be in like his early 40s, probably, whereas Carl Durrell's in his 50s. And it just makes him a little bit less shiny. Um, it's not somebody who... People just like up-and-comers. You know, and the fact that Carl Durrell, if if this works out, he could absolutely be the head coach at Colorado for the next 20 years and win national championships. And obviously, like, that is, it's an unreasonable expectation, but it is a thing that could happen, and it's a thing that's happened before. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I, maybe this is worth a tangent, but I do think that this whole, like, young coach thing can kind of get a little bit overblown because again if if you're 50 years old it's not unreasonable to think that if you're a really good coach if you're um a coach that's competing for national championships consistently that you aren't going to have a 20-year career or you will have that you know that that's not unreasonable and it seems like that would be long enough to be like yeah this this could be a long-term exciting thing it's just that when you get those guys who are 35 well then all of a sudden they've got another 35 years by that same math it's like what are the odds he's even going to stay at one place anyway i don't know this whole like young coach thing and maybe it's not even a coaching thing maybe you can apply this to other parts of the world as well but i do think maybe just gets a little bit overblown it's just easy to get excited about young people who are on Twitter more. Not that Carl's not on Twitter, but you know, I was bringing back our old friend Mel Tucker, who I still follow on Instagram. You know, he posted a picture a couple weeks ago of him on the golf course with a big old cigar in his mouth with his Jordan golf shoes and all of that kind of stuff. And that sort of thing is going to right or wrong. And I would say wrong it's going to pump up the the way that people view him. It's going to help him out. Um, so, yeah. Again, just to wrap up the Carl Durrell stuff. I mean, 54 out of 65, personally, I, I look at what he did last year. And if you were to ask me would I rather have Jimmy Lake or Carl Durrell, at this point I'd like Carl Durrell. You know, the, the next Pac-12 coach at number 48, USC's Clay Helton. I'd rather have Carl Durrell. And now here's the one. Here's the one that we don't like. Um, at number 47, Nebraska Scott Frost. And he was number 34 before. Third biggest drop 
of any coach, but still, it's just crazy to me that he's viewed this way still. It it, it is. It really is. Because I would take Clay Helton over Scott Frost in an instant. I would, I mean, I would take Jimmy Lake over him. I'd probably take Jonathan Smith and Nick Rolovich over him. Dave Aranda, Clark Lee. I would definitely take shots on those guys versus him. I mean, we're, I think, all on the same page on Scott Frost. You know, he hasn't really done anything. I mean, I wonder what they say. Um, He was viewed as a no-doubt home run hire. Huh. Turns out the the young up-and-comer didn't work out. Who would see that coming? Uh, well, he's 12-20 and 20 in three seasons with the Cornhuskers. Um, and that 13-0 season at UCF just seems further away with every loss. Yeah, that's... We can move on. Um, Texas, number 46, Steve Sarkeesian. That's an interesting one. Offensive mind. We've gone through this story plenty because there was... It seemed like a real chance that he was going to be the, the coach at Colorado instead of Carl Durrell. Um, and... What exactly went down, we don't know, but all the rumors were kind of pointing that way. And then on top of that, he wound up getting a, a nice raise as Bama's offensive coordinator, which was probably related. Um, moving along, next up, number 39, Chip Kelly of UCLA. Um, I think it's safe to say the shine has come off Kelly at the college level in the minds of our voters while nobody can deny the success he had at Oregon and how he helped change the offensive landscape, he's only gone 10-21 and 21 at UCLA and is 10-15 and 15 in the conference. Uh, and he fell three spots from 36 to 39. I mean, is Chip Kelly somebody you... I mean, if, if you're worried about the way Carl Durrell recruits, then Chip Kelly should be way, way, way down there. You know, and I... These are these are what lists are for, is for creating discussion. And typically the discussion comes from points where you disagree with the list. And I disagree with a lot of pieces of, the, of this list. Uh, the next spot, another Pac-12 coach, California's Justin Wilcox. It says, I'm assuming Wilcox fell five spots this season because while he remains static on everybody else's ballot, our David Cobb punished him for not living up to the 10-win season that Cobb had promised Cal fans. Whew, that's not fair for David to do that, but this is America, and he's allowed to feel however he wants. Seriously, though, I'm not surprised to see Wilcox slip a little after a 1-3 season, but I'm not sure it's deserved. While every coach had new things to deal with in 2020, I've shown Pac-12 coaches a bit more leniency than others. Yeah, fell five spots, 33-38. to 38. The shine has come off. The shine has come off there. Um, I really like Justin Wilcox as a coach still. Um, I think that schematically the, as, as a defensive mind, he's somebody who you w would be very happy with running your defense. I don't know too much about him as a recruiter, but I do know that at Cal, there are the problems that they've been dealing with financially and some other hurdles that make it tough for that program to compete. And I think, to me, if, if I were to try to make an argument for Justin Wilcox to be this high on the list, that's where I'd start, is that there were a lot of things stacked against him, with the biggest being, I mean, Cal. And 
that's not really going to change. And I wonder what that does to his career. Whereas, you know, there were rumors that he could potentially jump ship and go to Colorado when when Colorado was trying to replace Mel Tucker. And it kind of made sense because Colorado could give him more money and more security and promise him more assets to, to work with. Now, obviously, with the pandemic and all that, who knows how everything shook out at each school. And maybe, I don't know, it's tough to tell who handled it the, the best. Um, and, and maybe Cal made some ground. Um, he's in a tough spot. He's in a tough spot. I do think he's a solid coach. Um, number 33, Mississippi State's Mike Leach. Uh, there may not be a more polarizing coach in these rankings. The reasons people have for where they rank Leach covers everything from success on the field compared to expectations to his personality off the field. Some love him and probably overrate him a bit because of that affinity, while others are put off by him and judge him too harshly because of it. I had him at 34 on my ballot, so I can't argue much with the final standing, but I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Leach back in the top 25 next season or perhaps outside the top 40. He's the cryptocurrency of coaches when it comes to his value. I fell from 27 to 33 this year. Leach is a tough one. Leach is a tough one. You know, if you want to talk about a guy who has a low ceiling, that's Mike Leach. You know, I'm not sure that Mike Leach is a guy who's ever going to be competing for national championships. You know, the the, the air raid scheme, while you see it have success in college football, it's rare that you see full air raid actually win at the highest levels. You know, because there is just a little bit of gimmick to it. In the, in the way that, like, service academies can can run the triple option to get over the fact that they're not going to be able to attract the talent that other other programs can attract. The air raid, while it doesn't necessarily come into play because of that lack of talent, I do think that in the same way that the triple option can kind of just get stopped because it is just kind of gimmicky, I, I think that there's a limit on the success that you can have with a pure air raid. You know, and that's the thing is as soon as you start to tweak it a little bit, you do make it, I think, easier to win. Do things like, you know, maybe don't have such wide splits with the offensive linemen. And sure, that's going to make it tougher to get rid of or to, to stop the pass rush. But at the same time, it's going to help you run block just a little bit better. Um, you know, so, so there is some of that going on. Um, and just the fact that when you're putting the ball in the air that much, there's going to be a lot of turnovers. And even if there aren't turnovers, you're going to give the ball back to the other team so much that the defense is going to be on the field a lot. There's just so many little things that I think if you want to call a coach a high or a low ceiling coach, this would be more where I would look than to someone like Carl Durrell. Just throwing that out there. Um, I think that that's it. Yeah, that's it for schools we care about, which are basically the Pac-12 schools, Mel Tucker's school, um, Nebraska, and wherever Mike Leach is. Uh, some some interesting stuff in there. Again, just just interesting to hear what the perspective is from outside. You know, it's good to see that that Carl did make a little bit of a jump this season, made a, a significant jump. I mean, what was it? Did he jump ten spots? Uh, yeah, ten spots. That's solid. I mean, he he was 
64 out of the 65 last year, so there's kind of nowhere to go but up. But, you know, it, it's it's definitely good to see. It's definitely good to see. Um, and I think it'd be pretty easy to make uh, the argument that he should be a little bit higher on that list. Um, again, though, pandemic season changes people's perspective a little bit. They, they wait previous seasons more than that season. And there just isn't all that much to look at with Carl Durrell when you look back. I mean, being a really good receivers coach isn't going to be worth bumping him up to, you know, 44 instead of 54. Um, yeah, we'll probably jump in and just see where the rest of this shakes out. Um, who who haven't we talked about? So we got Washington, Washington State. We didn't get Mario Cristobal from Oregon. Um, we didn't get David Shaw from Stanford. Um, we did get USC, we got UCLA, we got Cal, so that's it for California, Arizona. Ooh, we didn't get Herm Edwards, and I like that. Um, so many people disrespect that man. That's a, that's a good man and a good football coach and a, a cool program. Again, I, I get that I might be more prone to rooting for these other Pac-12 teams than uh, some of the people who listen to this, but that's uh, they're easy to root for, obviously, when they're not playing the Buffs, though, um, or when they're competing for a championship, for the Pac-12 South championship with the Buffs. Um, but what else? Uh, Utah. We've still got to get Kyle Whittingham in there, and that's it. So Whittingham, Crystal Ball, Crystal Ball. I said Crystal Ball. Um, Herm Edwards, and I forgot the other. Oh, David Shaw, of course. So we'll see how they shake out. Maybe they get someone in the pack t- top 10. Um, but we'll, we'll check in with that stuff tomorrow. And I'll see you guys then.